Hello and welcome back to CMO Combo, the show where we discuss all things essential to modern marketing leaders. This time we're joined by Sean McKee, CMO of WebPT, and he's taking us through an essential aspect of marketing for B2B organizations, scaling your marketing towards different growth stage companies. Hi, Sean. Welcome to CMO Combo. How are you doing today? Hey, Will. Thanks for having me. Uh, doing well, doing well. Really excited to be here. Awesome. And I'm, I'm excited to be having this, uh, this conversation with you as well, because it's a uh, it's going to be very relevant to our to our audience. Like a, a lot of the CMO alliance are in the B2B space. They're in the SaaS space. So this market SMBs and enterprises, this is like their bread and butter. This is what they need to know how to do well. So I'm very excited to have this conversation. Um, but before we do get into that, that nitty gritty, how about we, um, we introduce you, Sean? Well, let's find out a bit more, more about your background and, and your role at WebPT. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, happy to do it. So I've been at WebPT a little over six years now, um, joined in 2015, uh, run all of the, the marketing departments. So, you know, product marketing, brands, uh, ABM, digital uh, communications, kind of the, the full gamut. I also have an e-commerce part of the business where we do some, uh, um, some e-commerce sales through a website. So kind of a broad range of, of roles there. I'm also heavily involved in pricing, which I think is unique in a, in a marketing role, although I don't think it should be. Um, and I've been here, uh, you know, for a while and really seen it grow. And the, the company's definitely changed a lot and evolved um, uh, in my time here. And, you know, I think one of the things that I'm excited to talk about today is, is we started as an SMB company and then moved up market. And, um, you know, I talked to a lot of CMOs and marketing leaders, and that is a really common thing that that uh, SaaS companies do, right? They start in one area and they try to try to move up market. And so, uh, you know, happy to share some of the the uh, trials and tribulations and lessons learned as as we did that over the past probably um, four to five years. But um, you know, been in healthcare IT about ten years. Um, you know, started in sales, which I think is a great background for a marketing leader to understand what that's like, uh, you know, to carry a bag and to uh, to know what it's like to have to go and hunt and find your own leads and things like that. And so um, I did that. And then, you know, also a, a background in digital and content marketing, which I think really build the foundation of a lot of uh, a lot of what I do and, and the way I think about the funnel. So, um, you know, I think WebPT, we've we've done a ton of great stuff here, launched uh, an ABM program, uh, customer marketing, really evolved from a uh, single product SMB marketing engine to uh, multi-product across you know, the, the full uh, market and won a lot of awards across, uh, across that time frame. So I'm happy to share some of the things we've done there and, and how we've uh, become the market leader in our space. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Just, just, Thinking about your background, um, when people talk about CMOs need to be generalists, like you definitely have run the full gamut. You've covered pretty much everything that fits up, that you could possibly fit under the CMO, CMO role. So I think it's going to be a very interesting conversation that we're having today, um, since you can cover so many different bases. Yeah, it's interesting, I think, to have that varied background. So I, I before WebPT, I was at a, a startup, and at one point we were a four-person marketing team, and um, and I you know, I kind of jumped in and did everything, right? So if we needed to set up a, an AdWords campaign, if we needed to build out our Marketo lead scoring. So I had a chance to really do a lot of different things and, um, you know, ultimately ended up running the SDR team there. And that kind of background, I think, gives me an ability to understand and know and ask questions 
uh, of my team now that I, I maybe wouldn't necessarily be able to do. Um, you know, they're all better at their individual role than I am, right? That, that's, that's why I bring them in. Um, but I know enough to be dangerous and I think to ask the right questions. And so, um, so I think it's, I think it's important to, to have a, a little bit of variety in your background if you're, if you're trying to, to, you know, lead a whole team. Definitely, definitely. Let's hope we'll be asking and answering the right questions today as well. <laughs> um, and speaking of the right questions, I often find, even though we're talking, I would, I'm talking to a very, very experienced marketer. Most of our audience are very, very experienced marketers, but I find it works best to go right back to basics when we're talking about any kind of concepts. And let's go right back to basics. Why is it important to make a distinction between marketing towards SMBs and enterprises? Like, what are the differences that we need to keep in mind when we're marketing towards them? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of differences. I think at the, the highest level, for me, the strategy can be the same or similar. Uh, I'm very much about sort of building thought leadership and partnership and credibility and community at the top, right? And, and sort of being that trusted partner in the industry. And I think that resonates whether you're an SMB or an enterprise, but I think all the things underneath that are different, right? And, and I, I think you've got to, you know, each of these businesses has different people in it. You know, in our world, you go sort of into the SMB space and, um, you know, we market to physical therapists. Uh, it's an electronic me medical record and uh, practice management solution. And so in the SMB space, you've got, um, someone who's an owner operator, someone who got into this, this business because they very, care very much about the work they do and their, their patients, and they want to heal people and help people. Um, but they're trying to understand how to run a business, right? And, and you know, they, got a, they have a doctorate in physical therapy, but they don't have an MBA. So they're not necessarily sure how to run their business. So a lot of what we do there from a thought leadership perspective is think about, okay, what what do they need to understand better about their business? What can we help them with inside, you know, the four walls of their clinic, um, you know, to be, to be, to provide value before we ask for something. Right. And so, um, you know, when you, when you kind of flip that to the enterprise side, you've got people from all different uh, backgrounds, you know, coming from Walmart, coming from Aetna, coming from these large uh, organizations and they're leading and they don't have, they don't have a background. They're not physical therapists most of the time. And so at that point, you know, you, you, you want to help them understand uh, and be a trusted partner, the industry more. So um, there we may focus a little bit more on uh, larger macro trends affecting the business. They, they understand the key metrics they need to be tracking and they understand how to manage people, uh, but they may want to understand better how uh, orthopedic surgeries are going to impact the future of uh, outpatient physical therapy and things like that. So I think the themes become different and the stories become a little bit different, but kind of the, the key elements uh, and the key strategies stay the same. And I think we also um, think a lot about uh, the channels with which we go to, to these people and to market. And, um, you know, obviously everything over the past couple of years has been more virtual and digital, but traditionally, uh, you know, the, the, the channels you take to these different audiences are different. You want more exclusive in-person events for the enterprise, whereas, you know, webinars, things like that um, uh, work really well in, in, um, uh, more in the SMB space. And one of the things we're looking at right now is, is, you know, doing more podcasting and things like that as well, because it seems like something that does tend to bridge 
those two different audiences. So it, it is, um, uh, you know, it's always nice when you can find something that hits both, um, but, but uh, you always have to look at where they are and where they're consuming content. So to put it in sort of like a, a marketing context, uh, to me, it sounds what the big difference is, is sort of like the gap between buyer persona and customer persona. Like you have different gaps between, different gaps between like how much someone has links with like the pe people who are actually paying for the product and the people who are actually using the product, depending on the scale of the business. And that's something you've got to address through marketing, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's the, it's the, um, really classic buying team versus buying person, right? It's, you know, I'm the buyer, I'm the user versus I'm the buyer. And I don't care as much about the workflow. I care more about the data that I get out the back end. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is, it is sort of, you know, the, a much different account-based approach where you're getting um, uh, champions and influencers and pulling that team together on the enterprise side, <clears throat> as opposed to, uh, in the SMB side, there's one, maybe two people that you, you've got to connect with. And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think it's the execution is what matters. I think it's a, a pretty simple concept to understand, but it is uh, hard to execute. Yeah. It's gotta be hard to execute because it's a lot of different people you've got to keep track of. Like once you find the right method to target them and stuff, uh, that's perfect. You're golden, but it's working out how can you, how can you reach so many different people with messaging that's going to appeal to them? That's got to be the tricky thing to do, uh, at least from my perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think it matters a lot um, thinking about the individuals. Back to your point earlier, you know, we have a dozen or so personas that we we built out and we use, and we, you know, they they're very detailed in sort of their role and demographic data, but also. Um, you know, how do they think about change? How do they think about technology? You know, what keeps them up at night, those type of things. And that helps to be able to, to tailor those interactions because it's, you know, it's one thing to get in front of them, but it, it, the other and more important thing is, is also to have a message that resonates, right? And so I think how all those pieces tie together and the, the way you um, weave that all back into a single story to solve their problem is key and, and each piece matters differently for, for each individual, right? I think, you know, when you when you go into this enterprise space, yeah, the user, the, the therapist cares very much about the EMR efficiency. Whereas, um, uh, you know, the buyer, maybe that's the CFO or the, the COO or CEO, you know, they wanna know about efficiency, but they also get the benefit of say, uh, um, you know, higher employee NPS, you know, less turnover, better retention, you know, um, they also want to see the efficiency as well. And oh, by the way, it all ties the data back together for them. So they can, they can manage who's performing better and, and, you know, see those different things there. So, you know, I think a, a lot of the messages are the same, but the priorities of those messages shift based on sort of enterprise versus um, uh, SMB and then who, who the target is. So in, in an ideal world, you would have a specific campaign that presents those priorities first to the person you're targeting in the right way. Is it possible, say you're, you're resource poor at the moment, is it possible to do a campaign that manages to hit everyone at once? Or are you just wasting your time trying to hit everyone at once with something that, that is maybe spread too thin, spreading yourself too thin maybe with your, your targeting? 
Yeah, so I'm a, I am a big uh, a big fan of sort of reusing and recycling and repurposing, right? Um, I, I grew up in the 90s with a lot of uh, uh, <laughs> Earth Day stuff there. Um, you know, I think you want to build out the high-level messaging framework that can cover almost everybody. And then when you think about those specific benefits and points, I think that's the part where you start to play with the message. Um, and, and the example might be uh, if we're launching a campaign and the three sort of key things are efficiency, um, patient experience, and, and ROI, you, you may see on the low end or on the SMB side, ROI is less of a concern. They want to know how their patients are going to respond to it and that they're going to be efficient. And oh, by the way, they want to keep the lights on, right? Um, you may change the priority and focus a little bit more on the top end to say, you know, I'm sending this to the CFO. Look, efficient, this is the efficiency it drives, which drives this ROI. And by the way, your patient experience is going to be better. So you, you'll, you know, float that ROI to the front of the line, that story, whereas um, uh, the other things still matter, but that's what they care about. And you may go a little bit more into detail in that and say like, you know, per pay, you know, Per visit, you're going to increase your efficiency this much, which drives this much um, overall value for each therapist. So I think, I think you can you can use the same messages. You just maybe have to um, reprioritize them a little bit, and that keeps you ha from having to do a ton of rework. But it also makes it more relevant to each of those um, to each of those uh, segments and personas. So then it's got to be quite tricky to initially come up with those messages that can hit all those bases like what what kind of process do you use to to try and identify those key like key messages to target to what that could apply across different stages of business yeah so we're we're do a, we do a pretty uh detailed industry survey every year um that gives us a lot of quantitative data um around what people are looking for what people's you know what what the industry's challenges are and it breaks it apart by segment and by role and things like that. And we started that in 2017, and we're getting six, 7,000 responses every year. And so that's really become uh, the backbone of our, um, our market research. We also uh, do um, uh, kind of you know, focus groups and individual win-loss data uh, surveys, things like that. Um, and we work closely with the product team as they're building out, you know, features and products to understand what they're hearing um, as well. And then we do a market kind of landscape overview and see, you know, how we're comparing and positioned next to competitors uh, and, and see how that works. Because in our, in our world, um, because you have so much variation, I mean, on the low end, you, you've got, I'm a single therapist and maybe I have a front desk person. On the high end, you're publicly traded a thousand clinics, you know, or PE backed or whatever it is. And they're just, you know, there, there's so much variation there um, that we see a lot of competitive variety as well. So there's sort of by segments, different competitors, right? There's low end, there's mid market and there's, there's enterprise. So, um, you know, just making sure you're relevant and you can tell that story to each of those segments. Uh, it, it really just takes you know, getting to know uh, members, uh, we call our customers members, getting to know our, our members and, and the prospects in the market. And so, uh, for example, we did a, an executive steering committee 
uh, about a month ago where we pulled together about 10 of our largest um, customers and really just asked them like, what are they thinking is coming this year? What are they concerned about? What are their major challenges? What can we do better? Um, those type of things. And so, um, I mean, it's you, you really just have to spend a lot of time with your customers and trying to understand sort of where they're trying to go. So you're uh, building ahead of that. And that, that kind of research, it's got to be valuable to other parts of the, the business. You mentioned the product department, I'm sure really valuable to sales as well. Um, how important is it to sort of share these different ways of addressing different stage companies with, with other parts of the business? Like, are you, are you communicating to the product team? Like, this is what SMBs are looking for. This is what enterprise are looking for. Are you communicating to the sales team? Like, this is how we should be pitching things at certain stages and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, between those teams and the success team as well. So yes, the success course, yeah. team for us sits in the, um, in the revenue organization. Uh, it is very much trying to not just deliver that message of value early on. It's how do you, how do you carry it all the way through and how do you tailor it to each of these segments, knowing that sort of in the enterprise space, you have a lot of one-to-one -one contact, right? They've got a success manager that's maybe calling them every other week or once a month. We're on the, the SMB side. Um, it's a little bit more reactive, right? It's a little bit more um, uh, one-to-many type of marketing. And so, you know, we, we have a very tight loop with, um, with product, with success, with sales. And we look for feedback too, which is, um, you know, when they start to hear things, that bubbles it up to us quickly, right? If we if we hear someone churned or we've had a couple of people churn off to a competitor, we may take a look at that and say, okay, well, what's the message here? What's happening? Is something is something different happening? Um, or they may start to hear new things in uh, in new sales where they're they're saying, hey, we're hearing more people are looking for a solution that can cover. Um, you know, some other part of the industry, home health or something like that. And so that may, that may strike um, or, or trigger a, an, a kind of a research project or something where we're digging into that and saying, okay, well, is there an opportunity here? If they're hearing it, is it, um, you know, a canary in the coal mine or is it just a one-off, you know, story that we're hearing? So, um, so yeah, we, we, we stick very closely with those teams and the way we are organized um, by these segments, you know, through, so there's, there's kind of in the marketing end, um, a little bit more SMB team and then an, an, an ABM team. And then in the, in the sales side, there's enterprise and there's SMB and then uh, that carries on to success as well. Um, so you, you mentioned your, your ABM team, like how, how do they fit into how you market towards like different stage companies? Do you, do you keep ABM strictly for very, very high level accounts or do you have it a bit more spread out between different different business um, business stages? Yeah, so that's a great question. So for us, because of the, you know, we have six core segments really in our, in our uh, kind of core market. And um, SM, or, uh, there's, there's kind of an overlap in the middle of ABM and kind of the digital demand gen team, right? Because th those things start to, to um, to kind of mesh together, right? Because you've got targeted campaigns, but not to the same degree, you know, one-to-one -one or one-to-ten that you would have at the top end. So, you know, what I have found though, is they are so different 
the, the, the SMB side is a high velocity model where you're just, you know, driving through leads and, and getting uh, through as many as you can, um, focused on qual quality and conversion rates. The ABM side at the top end, I mean, you're, you're talking about, um, you know, 18 to 24 month sales cycle. So the metrics are very different and it's, it's, they're just too different to have someone, I think, context switching back and forth. And so, um, so, so our ABM team focuses uh, on the largest kind of two segments and then does some work in that kind of middle segment as well. Uh, they also do, and this is, this is more recent, they also manage um, customer marketing as well because we know those segments. We know so much about those prospects that, it, it, again, it's not the same as this high-velocity SMB model. It's we know you, we understand who you are, we understand your pain points, and so we're going to customize that message to you. So they really focus on um, really on kind of mid-market and above and then that, that customer marketing function. So you mentioned it's the, the, the ABM process and the SMB process being so different that it's tough to have people code switching like that. Is there a way that someone could do that? Say we're talk, say someone's listening to this who's in a very, very early stage startup. They want to get ABM going in the future, but it's not in the pipeline. They haven't got the resources to get it set up right now. Is there a way that they could sort of like meet things in the middle to try and engage both an, a, a semi-ABM approach and that kind of high velocity model as well? Yeah, uh, I think it would be challenging. I mean, I think it does go back to... Um, who you're targeting, right? I think if you can get your campaigns hyper targeted, I mean, you can be in that in that sort of space where they are still very relevant, but you're not you're not doing one to one campaigns, right? And that's you know that becomes very um, time consuming because each of those campaigns need a ton of research, right? You don't just want to send them you know, a pair of socks, you want to send them something relevant, right? I, I love socks, though, by the way, so I, I, we do send socks sometimes, but I, I think um, you, you can, it's just not going to be as effective. I think that's, you know, but it, ultimately, all, it always starts with who, who you're trying to um, connect with and what message you're trying to deliver, you know, what, what story are you trying to tell to them? I think, um, the, the more narrowly you can focus that, uh, the, the more effective it's gonna be. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, the, the narrowing the focus, it's always gonna be a big part of trying to drill down like from a big, big high concept story into like what is the actual purpose of this story as well. So I think it goes both ways, both in terms of like the targeting, also how you develop the narratives and the stories that you're trying to tell through your marketing. Like, is that something that you've had to think about in setting up these processes? Is that something you've had to like train your teams to do um, in order to be able to hit the right people with the right story beats, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, I think it, 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 it's going back to that, um, you know, who, who is this for, right? And, and what is their... Um, you know, what's the problem we're trying to solve? What's the problem they're trying to solve and how, how do we help them with it, right? Um, because I think, you know, we've, we've definitely seen that if you're, you know, sometimes product stuff works if someone knows they're looking for a specific product, right? Like an electronic medical record or a billing solution, 
they know that's what they need. And so it's kind of easy and straightforward to, to present that, right? If they're in that consideration set. Um, when it's a little harder is when we have, you have sort of newer, more innovative products where you're trying to help them understand, like we have a patient relationship management product, which is uh, really marketing automation and, um, and patient engagement for, uh, for the therapy world. And helping them understand that took more explaining and telling that story. And that kind of goes back to like, why does it matter, right? If you're an SMB, you're more engaged with your patients. There's, you're saving time, uh, you're saving them time, and you have more touch points, right? Because you're not just, you know, with therapy, you're not just coming in and saying, all right, I'm going to do one visit. I'll see you in six months. It's, it's twice a week for four weeks. And I want to make sure you finish your plan of care, because even though at week three, you're going to feel better you're not gonna be better until the end of week four. And so keeping them engaged in that. Um, whereas if you look at the other side of the coin, you know, and, and take that to enterprise, if, if only 30% of patients make it to the end of that course of care, how much money are you losing, right? So there's a very clear ROI story. And so that's the, that can be the story that you present on that end, right? Like what if you made, um, you know, $1,500 more per patient, what would that look like? And so, so yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to, to sort of educating the market on what their problem is, right? Like in that case, it's patient dropout, right? And how does that affect patient outcomes and how does that affect you know, revenue? So um, that, that goes back to that sort of like, what's the priority for each of those segments and what matters most to them? And you, you find that out by, you know, talking to them and asking them questions and spending time uh, in the market. When it comes to this sort of like new, so I don't want to say emerging technologies because that, um, but yeah, still the, the newer, fresher products and you, that you do have to educate people about. How do you get to understand what the needs are? That, so yeah, so if you think about like the customer relationship management, how do you know what the pain points are that need to be addressed with that new product? If it's, if it's something that's brand new, if it's something that people aren't familiar with, like how do you go about finding out what the pain points are they're addressing? Yeah, so it, it, there's a couple things we do. One is is we are big sort of looking at data and what's happening in the industry, right? Like these patient dropout rates you can see uh, based on um, uh, CMS data and things like that, that, that are coming out. And, and there's a, there, you know, publicly traded physical therapy companies that, that you can kind of look at their data as well. And that kind of gives you a sense of, okay, maybe there's an opportunity here. And, and you, you talk to them, right? Like you, you hear in the market, right? Like, I send someone a home exercise program and I know they never do it, <laughs> right? Or like, I can't try, I have no idea they don't do it, but I, they come back and I can tell they have that, you know? So, so you start to start to surface those there. Also in our industry survey, that's one of the things we do is, is, is start to say like, well, what are your major challenges this year? And so we can collect that information as well. And that actually, um, you know, I don't wanna give anything away, but that, that actually influences our roadmap. Right. If we start to see a challenge um, in a certain area, that that may trigger something with the product team to say, like, can we build that? Right. Um, and that's, uh, you know, I think that's that's where we kind of are going or continuing to go is to figure out what are where are these gaps? Um, because from a um, from a from like a reimbursement perspective. You know, most of these clinics look at um, uh, 
pay per visit, right? Like how much are they getting per visit? Now they want to get to a value-based care model, but everything moves slowly toward that. Um, and so they see reimbursement rates going down, their costs going up. So it's like, how do you help them bridge that, right? Are there different things you can attach to that? Is it patient volume? Is it um, better coding per, per per visit? You know, are it at, is it add-on or cash-based services? So it's, it's kind of understanding sort of who are the, who are the innovators in the space and kind of under, you know, getting with them and understanding what they're trying to do and what they're thinking about. Um, and then also just identifying what are those challenges and are there ways we can solve that with technology, which in most cases there are. When it, when it comes to those, the innovators that you're, you're identifying, like are the ones that you focus on in terms of the business stage? Like, do you tend to weight the opinions of say, big enterprises more than SMBs or vice versa when it comes to this kind of approach? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think not, not always just big enterprises, but there's, I mean, there's, there's definitely different uh, mindsets for each of these segments, right? I think you have a lot of these mid markets that are looking at the big enterprises and they're thinking like, how do I become them or, or, you know, I'm going to get acquired by them. And so there, you see a lot of actual innovation there as well. So it's, it, it does tend to be um, in sort of mid-market or above. And then, uh, and then, you know, it's just sort of different business types. Some businesses are more risk averse where some are like, well, let's, let's test something out. So you try to connect with, with those, um, uh, those practices that, that are looking to shake things up and be a little bit more innovative. Um, and in the, in, the, in the SMB side, you see some of it, it's just harder for them to do that because they're so in the day-to-day -day, um, that they don't necessarily have a chance usually to come, you know, to step back and say like, well, what if I, what if I tried this new thing? Um, and so, yeah, and then I think just understanding in the industry, who are the, who are the kind of the thought leaders or opinion leaders, um, you know, and working with them to, to create content around kind of exciting ways the industry is going. You mentioned your, 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 like, your customers' aspirations about what they want to become. How do you keep track of like, your customers' growth? Like, when do you know when is the time to switch like, the type of marketing you have? Like, when do you know they've gone from an SMB to a large-scale enterprise and know that you need to switch over to marketing them in different ways? Yeah, so that, that's a great question. I think it's not easy unless you are really on the larger end, right? When you're a mid-market um and you're starting to 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 get into that next tier right that sort of regional to strategic enterprise level um you, you know you start to recognize that because we keep such close tabs on it so what i would say is sort of mid-market and above um you recognize it we we look at kind of clinic and therapist growth right so when you when you hit certain tiers we start to recognize okay you know, this is this is where we're we're shifting a little bit to be uh, a little bit more one to one than than maybe you know one to a dozen. Um, when we look at sort of the SMB side, it's it's much harder to track because of the volume. Um, about about half of our market is single clinic, um, and so you know they may be adding therapists, but you don't necessarily you wouldn't necessarily change the message until they became uh, a much larger organization. And it's, it's hard to track that on the way up. So 
you know, for us, I think once you get to a certain size, it's easier to, to know. But when you're when you're in SMB, it's it's pretty difficult to be able to see like when someone crosses that threshold for us into mid market or above. Um, but there is also a lot of acquisition, I think, like most healthcare right now. So mm -hmm. that also triggers um, sort of a change in how we approach things. Right. Yeah. And do you have to prepare the ground for when you're making the switch? Do you, do you send like an email like, oh, you're one of the big guys now. We're going to start treating you like a big guy. Or is it or is it just like a gradual thing where you start exposing the different types of messaging? Uh, no, I, I think that's that's an interesting idea. I mean, we, we definitely, you know, when there when there are acquisitions or things, we will do, um, you know, congratulatory emails and and you know we may we've sent champagne or different things like congrats on the big you know the big acquisition or um things like that but but no there's there's it's a more subtle shift um but yeah if it's a major acquisition we definitely call that out for them and congratulate them and you know probably send them something so um so yeah it's it's it, it's more of kind of how are their needs shifting and do we need to start telling them something different or, or bringing different products and, and solutions to them uh, at that point because that may shift as well and I, I suppose those those customer surveys must be helpful for keeping track of like the the needs and requirements from your different customers like if they've said one thing one year and suddenly they're saying they need different things the next year like it's clear that the the company's gone through growth it's gone through change that you need to address when it comes to your marketing as well yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the that I think that's the key, right? You, you know, once you get into that really large space, they become these bespoke sort of campaigns. And so as long as you're keeping uh, close with your customers and, and having conversations and, you, you know, you're doing quarterly business reviews and things like that, you, you can evolve that. I think on the flip side for net new prospects, it can be more challenging to to do that um uh but you know it's a we're, we're in a, a, a very um tight-knit vertical so i think uh, you, you hear a lot of what's going on and there's sort of like the the you know the the stories around the campfire or whatever analogy you want to use but um but you can kind of get a sense of where things are going and be able to to start to to tailor your message to that right and you know it's in the PE world, there are these cycles, right? If there's an exit, an exit coming, then they're probably not going to be investing in software. But if they just, uh, you know, recapped, okay, well now maybe a time where they're making one of these major investments. So trying to time those things appropriately can definitely change the message in the way you approach it. So you almost have to be a bit of a bit of a fortune teller with it, so you can predict how 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 your customers are going to grow. That that must be. A very very interesting exercise to try and work out not just how your own business is growing but other people's businesses are growing yeah because it is especially going through covid you think about sort of like there's there's different ways to growth right they all have these aggressive growth goals at the, at the strategic end and a lot of it is is through de novo right they're just opening new clinics and they've got a pattern and a template that they do and then the other is like you can knock out instead of opening one at a time you can you can buy up 30 Right. And so, you know, trying to understand who's who's on the market and who's doing what and how do you uh, position yourselves to be the, the platform, you know, of choice, because then it gets um, then it gets interesting when you talk about consolidation, because you start to have different platforms in each of these groups. And, and so making sure that you're 
um, the platform of choice. So it can go either way, right? You, if you get acquired, one of your groups gets acquired by a different platform, you have the potential to now become that, you know, you have a, a, a foot in the door, but you also have the potential to lose that and get it flipped to the, to this other, um, to this other platform. So, uh, so yeah, it's definitely, you know, takes marketing to both sides and thinking creatively about what's the story that, that people need to hear as, um, as the, the industry itself is evolving very quickly. Awesome. Awesome. So I think maybe let's, let's tie everything together and let's, let's put, let's say, what, what is the golden rule of marketing to both SMBs and enterprises? Like what should CMOs always have in their mind when they're thinking about these two different stage business growth that they're, they're trying to target? Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's a, it's, it's the people, right? I, I think, whether a business is big or small, everybody wakes up and they have the, the challenges they're trying to solve and the, 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 the day's problems, right? And, and it could be um, metrics to your board, or it could be you're worried about your front desk person quitting because they seem unhappy. I don't, you know, like it, it could, it, it, there's just so much variety there. And I think, I think it goes back to, to who you're trying, who you're serving, what they care about and what problem you're trying to solve. And, and, you know, if you get that right, um, all these other things, you, you start to cascade down, right. Which is, um, you know, how do you connect with them? Where are they looking for information? You know, what, what are the, you know, do they like video or do they like blogs? So, you know, all these different things in person or, or virtual. Um, but I, I think if you can get that right, um, you know, you can start to be someone that they trust and that they go to for answers. And when, when you when you get yourself in that position, whether they're using your product today or not, when it's time for them to switch, then you'll you'll be part of that consideration set. And so, um, you know, that that's been the the focus for me. It's about providing value so that um, you know when it's time, you're part you're part of the discussion. Right, you're at the table every time. So. I guess that's probably the way I would think about it. Fantastic, fantastic. I think it's a, I think it's a great way to think about it, not just in terms of marketing to SMBs and enterprises, but also just marketing in general is how are you providing value? How are you becoming an essential part of that person's life so that you stay part of that personal business's life, like life all the way through? Um, so I th yeah, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up there, Sean. I think, I think we've covered some really good stuff there. Um, thank you very much for joining us uh, today, Sean. Really, really great stuff. Um, and thank you to our listeners for listening. Um, I'm sure this has been a really helpful conversation. Um, we'll be back soon with some more CMO Convo. Bye.